0: beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Star Child Podcast. I'm Tanya Estrella. I'm so happy to be here with you today. If you'd like to connect further, check out all the links in my show notes. You can go to my website at tanyastrella.com to find my other work, to find ways to connect with me, and also to find ways to support the show. So I would love to see you over there. So what I really want to talk about today is the unique magic and medicine that each of us brings into the world just by being who we really are, by embodying that core essence of ourselves, by being that pure, raw self that we have inside that is truly the core of us, that is the real us. And oftentimes we get other things that kind of pile on top of us, so to speak. So we will get things layered on us like these limiting beliefs and these stories that we've told ourselves or been told about ourselves, these labels that we place on ourselves to define who we are. And a lot of these things, while we kind of look to them for some level of identity or comfort or belonging, they actually will take us further away from the core, from the true version of who we really are. So I feel a lot of healing is really about getting back to that root of who you are, that raw, untouched version of you. And often how we do this or how we trace back to what this looks like, what this feels like, is to think back to when we were a child. So when you were a child, what did you love to do? When you were very small, before anybody told you what you should be, what you should do, what you're good at and not good at, before these stories and the comparison and the self-consciousness started coming into your awareness, What did you love to do? What did you spend your time doing? What lit you up inside? What made you feel so happy? What was unique to you? And oftentimes, this young child self of us, before we really got conditioned by the world around us, is the key to unlocking that true core essence of ourselves that is just aching to get out, that really wants to be seen and heard, that wants to take the wheel and drive, that actually holds the key to our highest embodiment in all of these different ways. So whatever your goal is, if you want to be happier, if you want to feel more successful, if you want to be more connected with people, this core essence of yourself supports that fully. And the interesting thing is, it may look a lot different than what we think it looks like, but that doesn't mean that it's not in our highest good one of these pieces that's so important is just getting back to this core essence of ourselves to who we really are and looking back usually it's before about age 7 that we really really are just our pure childhood self age 7 is when a lot of that family and cultural conditioning really starts taking hold that we get really influenced by the world around us our peers society you know media anything that we're absorbing around us and We start to compare, we start to try to fit in, things become very amplified around that time. But when we're very young, we're just kind of playing with the true essence of who we are. I kind of consider this journey much more about remembrance, uncovering and unlearning than anything else. So rather than needing to learn how to do things better or do things differently, what if you just had to unlearn all the things that you've taken on since you were a child? What if instead you could shed those layers that are on top of you, the stories, the fears, the doubts, the labels? What if you would be able to shed those like a coat and discover who you really are, who you have been all along, the truest version of yourself, the version that might come out when you're by yourself or when you're with very close friends or people you feel very comfortable with, but maybe that's not the version that gets to be seen in other places in the world. A lot of times we end up having this mask or this persona, this layer that we put on top of ourselves to keep ourselves safe or to appear, quote unquote, professional or to be what we think the world wants us to be. But what I'm here to tell you today is that really, when we do this, when we mask who we really are, when we cover and hide, we are robbing ourselves and the world of our unique magic, of the essence of us, of our specific energy. Of our certain passions that only we hold and only we are able to put forward in the way that we do, nobody is you and while it can be very difficult sometimes to stand out from the crowd or to be yourself in a world where conformity is very, very prized, it is such a powerful, beautiful thing. And everything that I talk about here, I am moving through or have moved through myself. so this is from my own personal experiences, this stuff that I am moving through now that I'm still thinking about now that has been hitting me more and more recently, where I have shed so many layers of myself, but I keep getting called back to shed another one. You know, When I think that I've returned back to who and what I truly always have been, I realize something else that I'm still carrying, like a burden or some sort of emotional or energetic baggage that is weighing me down. That prevents me from really jumping off and flying as high as I'm meant to in this life and beyond. So, this is something that I've just been thinking of a lot and wanted to share with you all today. So, what can really get in the way of us embodying who we're truly meant to be in this world? A lot of this is about what we've internalized, what we've been conditioned to kind of take on. These can be stories that we've learned from a very young age about what we're capable of or not capable of what we should strive for and not strive for, what we're good at or not good at. And this can be things that people explicitly told us, or this can be our own fears, our own insecurities that are internal or can be kind of absorbed from the environment around us. So for example, if we see a parent who is very insecure about their body, we will start to kind of pay more attention to our body, usually in a negative way. So even if it's not something explicitly directed toward us, That doesn't mean it does not have an impact on us moving forward. And these things are often so subtle that they just become these unconscious kind of programs or foundations that we end up laying our entire experience on. We just learn that this is the way that it is. We learn not to strive for certain things. We learn not to express certain things or share certain things because they might not be accepted in the way that we want them to be. Or we learn that doing things the way we want to do them does not equal success according to somebody else's definition of success. So we hide. We sometimes learn to put on a mask and to pretend and take on these roles as a way of belonging and being accepted and feeling safe in the world. And since this happens from a very young age, a lot of the time, it is a survival strategy. It's rooted in this survival time where as an adult, conforming may not be an actual survival strategy. In certain instances, it might be, but most of the time that's not a survival need. But we still associate it with that time in childhood where if we didn't go along with the rules or if we weren't good enough for our parents, that we might not get our needs met. And that can be a really scary thing that sticks with us on a very, very deep level that's hard to unlearn or take some time to rewire and to become conscious of that thought process. These stories that we end up learning about ourselves and about the world can really limit what we're willing and able to do. And that doesn't mean that we are actually limited. It means that we are kind of placing limits on ourselves. We've learned that we have these limits that may not actually be true. One thing that happens as we get older is we start to identify with certain things. We start to learn more about who we are and who we are not. But we do this a lot in relation to the world and in relation to other people. Sometimes we identify with something or somebody identifies us with something that then becomes kind of this label that we carry around with us. So it just feels like a part of us at a certain point. At a certain point, especially after you've held this for a period of time, you don't even question it anymore. It just feels like a given. It just feels like, well, this is just part of who I am. But sometimes those labels and those stories that we tell ourselves can be the very things that are holding us back from what it is we truly desire and what we are actually meant for in so many ways. I'll give you a personal example there. For me, singing and music have always been, you know, the things that I love more than anything in this entire world. I love to sing. And I mean, depending what point in my life you've known me at, or what you're familiar with, you may or may not know that. It's something that I did a lot when I was younger, and I still do it a lot, but I haven't necessarily been super public with it often for a long time. And really what happened there is I was doing it a lot, you know, in my teens to early 20s, um i was in several choirs i was writing a lot of music i was playing the guitar i was putting myself out there what happened at some point is that i started to tell myself the story that i'm not good enough to sing i'm not good enough to do music so why am i wasting my time on this which is such a a silly thing to think about in terms of is it a waste of time if you love it more than anything else you know it doesn't have to be any specific way. I've had a, a pull and a love and a passion for this for my entire life, but I went into this phase of my early 20s where it was about five or six years. I decided that I was better off listening to what other people thought I should do and that maybe I didn't know what I was talking about after all. This came after you know having some very difficult experiences including a very intense heartbreak And the lesson I learned from that, the story I started telling myself from that was, I can't get what I want. If it's too good, if it feels too good, it's gonna hurt me, it's gonna leave, it's gonna not be possible or available to me in some way. That was a very (laughs) intense time in my life. I didn't fully realize consciously what lesson I had learned at that time or what I was doing to cope with that. But looking back on it, I started listening to everybody else over me. And before that point, uh, I was very in touch with myself. I was very, I had a lot of fears and insecurities and a lot of stuff that I would move through, but I was very much me. I would go after things even when they really scared me, including singing and things like that. And then in my early 20s, it was right after I graduated from college, actually, and I was going into grad school, I just decided that I must have been wrong about everything. I lost my faith in everything for a while. I considered myself an atheist for several years, actually, which is kind of funny to me now because I just didn't feel like I had anything left to believe in. I just strived for success and I did what I was told and I followed the steps that were laid out by so many people before me of, you know, you go to school and you go to jobs that you hate and you commute and go to sleep and wake up and do it all over again the next day. And I felt like through that period of time, I was the most unhappy I've ever, ever been I felt like my soul was dormant and I was just barely getting through every single day. I was so miserable. I was so irritable. I was so unhappy because I was doing it everybody else's way. And I did need to go through that experience to realize, you know, how deeply I had internalized all of these stories about myself and stories about what was available to me in my life. And I really believed for a long time that following other people's advice and doing things other people's way was the way to do it, was the way to success. So I listened to a lot of things. I would ask a lot of feedback from people. I was very reliant on other people's opinions and advice at that point in time about what I should do. I didn't really trust myself for that period of time when beforehand I had a lot of hangups around that, but I would still trust my gut and do what I needed to do. But during this time, I not only went after things that other people thought I should do that were like other people's way of getting successful, I also shut down all of my own personal passions and hobbies, including singing. I didn't allow myself to sing for years. I tried to put that completely on the back burner and forget about it. And then anytime that I would be reminded of it, I would ache and it would hurt and I would try to avoid that. I would try to find something else to focus on because I thought that that wasn't the way in my life. And, you know, singing is an example here. That's not the full focal point of the story, but it's whatever it is that deeply, deeply calls to you. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be for anybody else. Those are the things sometimes that we will approach from a mental space and they don't always make sense logically from the mind. The mind is not equipped to understand things that aren't logical and don't perfectly add up and aren't linear and make sense according to these very stringent, structured definitions. I operated primarily from my mind space for years and years and also from a space of fear, absolutely fear, and thinking that everybody else knew more than I did, that I should follow them When really, I have always gone my own way with things and I am a natural leader. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to follow me necessarily, but I lead and trailblaze my own path regardless. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to create something very, very different. But the labels and the stories that I had internalized for a long time really blocked me off from being able to access this. So even though I had been able to stay in touch with the core of myself up until that point, that doesn't mean I was perfectly acting that out all the time. I definitely had layers of things that I was carrying and a lot of imposter syndrome and all sorts of things going on. But I really stayed in touch with my true core self until about 22 years old. So just because the conditioning happens when we're very young, it doesn't mean that it always affects us fully at that age. It kind of builds up over time. That's one thing that I definitely noticed is I had so much fight in me against that conditioning and that programming, against anybody telling me that I needed to do things their way. Like I had a lot of resistance against that as a kid because that was pretty much all that I heard as a kid was that I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing it wrong. I wasn't good at that. I needed to listen to the adults. The adults knew better. The adults knew better for me. I didn't know what was good for myself. So I had that conditioning and that message, that story given to me constantly as a child, but I didn't actually let it fully take hold until my early 20s. Like it definitely would affect some things, but I had enough fight in me, enough resistance to that narrative That I was like, no, I will not accept that. I will not go along with that. Suddenly, this series of really difficult, disheartening events happened for me around that time. And the takeaway I had from it is like, well, maybe they've been right all along. Maybe the things that they've been telling me that I don't know what I'm doing, that I'm meant to do things their way, is true. So I tried that for a period of time. That was the period of time where I decided to follow whatever rules and try to keep up with the Joneses in a lot of ways. And I mean, that ended up making me less happy than I had ever been and felt like I went further away from where I had been before that, like less in touch with myself and what I truly loved and my joy and my excitement and my energy and my passion. That experience was really crucial. Fortunately, I came out of that in 2018, which if you haven't read my book, that is what my book, The Phoenix Girl, is about, is that period of time from 2018 to 2020 when I had a complete 180 and awakening experience out of that kind of robotic, apathetic, miserable lifestyle. Fortunately, I got shaken awake in a way that I really needed to be because I was sleepwalking for many years, just kind of going through the motions of what people said that I should do. but. I was doing that based on a story. I was doing that based on these narratives that me doing what I wanted to do was not good enough, that me following the crowd was preferable. And those narratives can be really insidious. I wasn't consciously thinking about that while I was going through those motions, but it was definitely directing a lot of my thoughts and my actions. And in doing so, it took me so far away from my true magic from what I hold within me, my passion, my purpose, what I love to do, what lights me up inside. And therefore the energy and the enthusiasm that I will share and spread in the world because I love something so deeply when I do it, because I glow when I do it. And every single one of us has something like this. It might not be singing for you, but it is something. It is something for you that lights you up when you do it every time. And, you know, maybe you're in touch with it, and that's amazing, and I applaud you for that. And maybe that's something that you were told wasn't realistic or didn't make sense or you weren't good enough at or something that you shouldn't do. Maybe there's a message that you've gotten there that might have originated from the outside at first, but then you start internalizing that and telling that to yourself. Like, my message is when I was a kid, everybody was telling me these things outside of me that I didn't know what I was doing or that I wasn't making good decisions for my life. But eventually, I started internalizing that and telling that to myself. The internalization of these narratives is what's dangerous. It's not the narrative itself. There are so many openings and possibilities. And for as long as we are focused on the stories of what we are and what we are not, what we can have and what we can't have, we close ourselves to the infinite possibilities that exist for us. What I'm really getting at here is, what stories have you been telling yourself? What labels, what identities, what external factors have you taken on as a given, as a part of you? And can you look at that? Can you question that? Can you even just make an opening to think, what if this isn't true? And even just making 1% of an opening to ask that question, to look at things differently, to uproot those limiting beliefs and those stories that we might have held Since childhood, that can change everything. I'm still very much working on rewiring and rewriting some of these stories and some of these limiting beliefs that I have been carrying for my life. Those things that tell me what it is that I can't do, what it is that's not practical for me, how I should do it. I am really working on letting go of those things, rewriting those beliefs so that I can fully step into who i am because i know that who i am at my core is magic who you are at your core is magic there is nothing to hide there there is nothing to cover up there is nothing to change who you are is who you are meant to be the stuff that is on top of that that you've been carrying is just a distortion an illusion and a confusion that you don't have to carry with you anymore I just saw a white butterfly out my window right after I said that. So take that as confirmation or a sign if you'd like. When you are fully rooted and embodied in your magic, you light up the room just by being there, just by being present as you are. And everybody benefits from that. And the thing that we don't always realize is that we are so deeply, deeply magnetic and bright and shiny when we are doing what we love to do. That just by being in this frequency, just by doing this, that is actually how you attract these opportunities to you, how you light up from the inside out and then in turn light up the room. Hiding who we are makes us more dull and less magnetic. It takes away the shine. It takes away the brightness. We become shades of gray. We become drones walking this world all in a line. We become cookie-cutter versions of each other. And you are here to be your own unique frequency. Bringing it back to music, I always think about this as we are all our own note. We're all our own specific frequency in the world when we are in alignment with ourselves. So when we're being our true self, our core self, we carry a tune we have a particular frequency associated with us, it's like we're singing a specific note in the universal orchestra. And if every single person is singing their unique note, it is a beautiful harmony. If we're trying to copy somebody else's note, everything goes out of tune. This is your sign and this is your message to be your tamself, self, please. Let's be ourselves. I'm telling this to myself as much as I'm telling it to you, honestly. Um, so. It's time. It's okay. It's safe to be seen. Not everybody will understand it and not everybody will like it, but they're not supposed to. And the people who do will find you. The more that you sit in that unique frequency, the more that you share your unique medicine and magic with the world just by existing as yourself, just by being you, the more the people who are aligned with you will come to find you. Thank you for being here with me today. If you'd like to connect, if you'd like to find how to support the show, check out the show notes, check out my website at taniastreya.com. And if you haven't read the Phoenix Girl book, I would recommend it. There's physical copies. There's also eBooks available at my website. It was really a journey of my heart and soul that documents my awakening experience out of that kind of slumber state that I was in of conformity. Really, it's something that's so near and dear to me, and I love sharing it with you. So thank you for being here. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.